Hello, everyone, and welcome to Youth Positively Speaking. My name is Paige Ewing, and I work at Prevention Resources as the Multimedia Specialist for Positive Youth. Prevention Resources is a nonprofit located in New Jersey that is dedicated to promoting health and wellness of individuals, families, and community through education, collaboration, advocacy, and treatment. As always, I have with me Erin Cohen, the Project Coordinator of Positive Youth, and my co-host. Thanks, Paige. Again, I'm Erin Cohen, and the Positive Youth Initiative focuses on building countywide capacity to reduce substance misuse for youth ages 9 to 20 here in Hunterdon County. Today, we are joined by our featured youth members, Sabi and Bryce. So welcome back to the podcast, both of you. But for the people that don't know you, Sabi, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, hi, my name is Sabi, and I am a senior. And Bryce, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, too? Hi, my name is Bryce. I'm an 11th grader in high school, and I enjoy doing marching band. That's one of my things right now. Yeah, it is marching band season, which is super exciting. Um, and so today we have our expert on the podcast, Dorothy Cheney. So Dorothy has more than 20 years of experience in community organizing, adult education, substance abuse prevention work. She's also the proprietor of Wisconsin Community Health Alliance, which is an organization committed to supporting coalitions, organizations, and individuals to improve the health of their communities and environments in which they live. Um, she has a a wealth of experience in community health improvement, planning, community organizing. So we are super excited to have Dorothy on the podcast today um, to kind of enlighten us a little bit about something new that we're seeing in our communities called Delta 8. So welcome to the podcast, Dorothy. Thanks, guys. One of my favorite coalitions ever. So I'm so glad to be here today. Uh, and I have to say, I'm really excited that we've got some students. I've got a senior and a sophomore. So in addition to being a consultant in this work, I'm a mom of two teenagers. So this topic is super important to me um, on both fronts. It is really important. And, and really, when we first started talking about Delta 8 back in the spring, all of a sudden it came out of nowhere. You know, it was like there was no Delta 8 and now there's Delta 8. So Dorothy, why don't you tell us a little bit about Delta 8 and what it is? So first of all, I'm going to just give you a disclaimer. I'm not uh, a chemist. I'm not an expert on the chemical makeup of Delta 8. I'm a community organizer. And I have the opportunity to work all over the country. And that's really how I get my finger on the pulse of emerging trends, is I started to hear coalitions from all around the country start asking about what's Delta 8? What's Delta 8? And so finally, I decided to just get in my car and drive around my own community. And within about an hour, I had gotten over $300 worth of products on Delta 8, everything from gummies to lollipops to vape cartridges. And it really started my, I don't know, year-long investigation into what this Delta 8 is and how it has come in like a tidal wave in most of the states. And let me just say that it is inextricably linked to marijuana. And we'll talk a little bit about that. And there are a number of states that have taken um, steps to regulate or ban Delta-8. But anyone that lives in those states with restrictions shouldn't think that it's not a risk because one of the things that I found is that it's widely, widely available online. So regardless of what the state statutes are, what the state regulations are, this is an emerging substance that's potentially dangerous and is readily available online. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that's something that's so interesting about Delta eight is we've heard of Delta nine, you know, that's wheat. That's what everybody knows. That's the THC, the psychoactive substance in the cannabis plant. And then everybody was like, wait, what is this? And I've heard everybody say, oh, it's weed light. That's how they're marketing it, especially around here. They're like, oh, it's diet weed or weed light. Um, And it's like, well, that's still a psychoactive substance, even if it is the light version. Yeah. And I would go as far to say that it's really not a light version. So, so it all goes back really to Delta eight versus Delta nine. So Delta nine is marijuana. It's what we know as regular marijuana. That's the chemical compound that makes up marijuana. Delta eight is its stepsister. It is the same compound, but it it just doesn't have as much THC. So Delta eight now, so that's why they call it, you know, weed light. However, the story doesn't stop there. First of all, let's go back to what Delta is and Delta eight is and, and why it started to be an issue. All of a sudden it came, seemed like it came out of nowhere. And it really goes back to the farm bill. And if you remember um, the farm bill in 2018 legalized hemp production. And so we saw then CBD and hemp become widely available in every state because now It was legal. Now, the most important piece about the farm bill is we know that CBD and hemp, Delta-8 and Delta-9, they're all the same plant family. And so that's where it all comes from. So under the farm bill, anything that is 0.3% THC or under is legal for production. So that covers hemp, that covers CBD. Theoretically, though, Delta-8 is low level THC that is produced chemically. It doesn't happen organically in CBD. It is an organic substance that is produced and then infused onto hemp or another organic uh, substance or infused into candies or gummies or into vape oil. But the argument is, but it's not Delta nine because it's within that 0.3% THC threshold. So. It really comes down to the farm bill, which is the 0.3% THC versus the Drug Enforcement Agency Administration, which is, it's considered a schedule one drug. So at the federal level, Delta-8 is not technically a legal substance, but at the state level, a lot of CBD producers are saying, wait now, we can sell Delta-8 under our licensing because it is in that 0.3% THC threshold. So that's why it came on sort of overnight or all of a sudden, because the Farm Bill of 2018 really opened the door to these substances that really are in the gray area of legality. Mm -hmm. And I remember, it's funny, Dorothy, you were talking about that. I said, to to me, it's almost like it came in like a freight train. And I remember um, late winter, early spring, my husband kept saying to me, he started seeing articles about it. And he said, are you all hearing about Delta eight? Delta eight seems to be something new. And we were um, down in South Jersey one day and we saw a vape shop and he said, let's just turn in. I want to see if they have it. And sure enough, they had Delta eight. And I said, well, I really want to see if it's here in Hunterdon County, what's going on. So after talking with you, Dorothy, we did environmental scans And we went around throughout the county. We went to liquor stores. We went to convenience stores. We went to vape shops. We went to CBD shops. 
And we found it almost everywhere. It was everywhere. And just like you said, gummies, vapes, um, chocolate, tinctures, you name it. We, one of them, I bought a whole bunch of products just like you, Dorothy. (laughs) So what we ended up doing was buying a whole lot of products and we took it to one of our local high schools for back to school night because the parents were there. And we put a table that said, do you know what Delta eight is? Because your kids do. And we've already heard of cases happening at the high school, mostly of kids vaping it. So Bryce to be, I'm sure at your high schools, you're seeing vaping, you're seeing this. Have either of you heard at your high school about Delta eight? Have any of your friends talked about Delta eight? Um, I personally haven't heard of Delta 8, but I know there is a like a vaping epidemic in my school and in my region. And um, unfortunately, a lot of teens do vape. And with vaping, you may not necessarily know what you're vaping. That has been a big problem. We had already been seeing with kids vaping nicotine to marijuana. So now we've thrown in Delta 8. How about you, Bryce? I know you go to a different high school than Sabi. Well, Part of it is that I've seen a lot of people move on from nicotine. I feel like I haven't, at least uh, with people I've surrounded myself with, I haven't seen a lot of people use juuling anymore, which was very popular maybe a year ago, two years ago. And I've seen a lot of people hitting stuff they refer to as carts, which I'm not sure are marijuana or not, but I've heard uh, a lot about those. And even when I was down at the beach um, this summer, I saw like a Delta 8 cart. It was almost like you're going um and seeing like a food cart only it was for for like delta eight marijuana related products so that was something that kind of caught me off uh guard it caught me by surprise because I've, I've never seen something like that before and, you know in an area where there's so many teenagers hanging around and you know teenagers so what were they saying at the cart were they they were kind of they... advertising it like it was um it was they advertised it evidently as delta eight but it was like they had bags of like Skittles, it looked like, and it looked like it was candy or, or stuff that would just be like in a convenience store, just for, you know, a, a corner store. But in reality, you could tell it was like some, some of these parks are a little off and they also didn't have any signs that said like, you got to be 18 or 21 to purchase this. It kind of was like, come after it and you can get it. And it was, it was very odd because even the, the, the guy that was working there at the, at that time uh, asked us questions like, Hey, like you ever heard of this stuff before? And we obviously don't look like we're 21 years old, a group of boys. <laughs> right. So um, it's almost like it's targeted towards teenagers, but that's just what I've seen towards um, at least my age range in my area. Yeah. So, so we have to say that you have to be 21 to be able to legally purchase Delta 8. You have to be 21. Well, but that is not actually true in all states because... So we know that to buy tobacco, it's usually 21, right? Right. So it's 21 to buy tobacco. In most states, it's 18 to buy CBD. So in some states, uh-huh. you can't buy vape cartridges. You can't buy Juul unless you're 21, but you can buy CBD and therefore you can buy Delta 8 at 18. Wow. Okay. And so that's that- interesting. I know here in New Jersey, at least when we went around, most of the stores did post that you had to be 21, but that's really fascinating, Dorothy. I haven't heard that before. Yeah, it's interesting. So here, even in my home state of Wisconsin, and I know you guys are next door to Wisconsin, but here in Wisconsin, you can buy it at 18. But the wow. thing is that you can buy CBD online at 18. 
So mm-hmm. you only have to establish that you're 18 to go online to any of the CBD retailers that sell Delta 8 and you can get it at the age of 18 as well. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, and, and I think though that that really brings up an important point is that Delta 8 is under everyone's radar. Yeah. Is that it's, is it for, it's for sale in grocery stores. We've sort of just created this climate where people are accepting that CBD is safe and has, you know, legitimate medicinal value. And so the CBD producers are saying, well, Delta 8 is really just an extension of that. But Paige, just like you said at the beginning of this podcast is that Delta eight is exactly like marijuana. You do get the um, effects of marijuana with Delta eight that you don't with CBD. And so what it really has done is in the States where marijuana is not legal, Bryce, exactly what you just talked about. It's really created this sort of pseudo legitimate pathway for marijuana to be readily available in communities. Mm -hmm. And like what Bryce was saying, where it like looked like Skittles. I know one of the things that you showed us, Erin, that you had bought was a nerd's rope. And I, there was like the tiniest little font in the corner that was like plus 21. And you had to like, go to the back, read the things where it was like, oh, it has THC. So I was like, I bet people have this stuff in their room. Their parents walk by, they have no idea because it looks like candy. So I looked it up and I was like, because younger cousins would come in. They'd be like, Ooh, Skittles. And they would Mm -hmm. take it. So the FDA just released some poison control numbers because they released a warning about Delta eight and the national poison control centers. Um, they received a whole bunch, I think it was 661 exposure cases of Delta eight. And when you look at who was calling and why people were exposed, 41% involved unintentional exposure to Delta eight uh, THC, um, with 77% of those cases, unintentional exposures affected pediatric patients less than 18 years of age. So Mm. this is, you know, maybe the parents had bought it, maybe an older sibling, and then accidentally a younger child saw it and took it. And then they had to call poison control. Um, and actually 18% of those cases required hospitalizations, um, because of their exposure to Delta eight. Well, and, and one thing about that too, Paige, is that when you look at that nerd's rope that we bought, it's, you know, eight inches long, that is eight servings of THC or of Delta eight of 25 milligrams. So basically when I was going around to the different stores and asking questions, you know, because I kind of just went in as the, I'm curious about this. I'm hearing about it because yes, New Jersey has legalized um, marijuana, but we don't have dispensaries yet. Nothing's fully done. So people over 21 can't just go and buy something. So people are starting to say, Oh, I can go. And like you said, it's the stepsister, Dorothy, go in and buy it. So I went in just kind of asking questions and they said to me, Oh, you don't use marijuana regularly. I said, no, they said, then you don't want to do more than 25 milligrams because if you do more than 25 milligrams, you will be really high. They said, do 25 milligrams. Well, one of the chocolate bars I bought, it was four squares. Each square was 125 milligrams. So I would have to bite a fifth of a square of that to do what the woman was saying that I should do because I would get too high. So that just kind of goes to show Paige how easy it is for anybody if they see it, um, that they can really take way too much and have some of these problems. And 
And let's talk too about how it's not regulated at all. That's it. And, and that's the thing that's really scary. And you, I'm sure you've noticed, Aaron, when you went in and purchased some products, sometimes it doesn't even say Delta 8. Sometimes it has the, the triangle, right? right? So you have to, so, so, oh, great. So I know, so I know that that's, you know, Delta eight, but there's no regulation. So, Mm -mm. so this whole 0.3 THC level is, I mean, we don't know because there's no regulation, there's no control. And, you know, the other thing I want to say is social media and perception of risk, right? Because so it's marketed as weed light. So that, that in, you know, that implies that it's safer or it's not as, you know, it's not as dangerous in some way. But all you need to do is a quick YouTube search. Now I got two teenagers, they're on YouTube all the time. Mm-hmm. And I did a quick YouTube search and I saw a day in the life of Delta eight. So when I bought gummies, I was told to take half a gummy. So I watched this one YouTube um, video where this young lady is vaping Delta eight while she's got a whole bottle of gummies and she's eating them by the handful. Oh of, my gosh. So, So on one hand, you know, it's being marketed to take half a gummy. All you need to do is look at social media and people are just ingesting it hand over fist. No wonder, Paige, there's been so many calls to the poison control center. And especially if, you know, like what you were saying, Sabi, you have a lot of friends and a lot of people in your school that are vaping. We have no idea what they're vaping. Is it just like just the aerosolized water? Is it a substance? Is it Delta eight? Like we have no idea. So Sabi, do you Mm -hmm. see people on like even social media posting like they're vaping and like, you know, maybe it has something in it? Um, Yeah, I've definitely seen people posting themselves vaping. And I think it's really strange because first of all, if you're going to do something illegal, like why even post it? And then also it's like, it's really weird because they know that they're vaping and they're not supposed to, but then they just keep doing it. And it's really concerning as well, because you never know really like what's in the vape and what your friends or what your like people you even know, like you don't even know what they're vaping. And it's really, um, it's just really concerning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember um, even a couple years ago at one of our high schools, um, when some some kids had gotten a hold of, you know, marijuana gummies, just regular THC gummies, and they ate the entire pack and they actually had to be taken out of the school to the hospital. And then they were um, life flighted to a trauma center, you know, because there's so many things, you know, when people always talk about, oh, it's like you were talking about perception of harm, Dorothy, so many people just think it's not risky at all, but really things happen, you know, and they have these symptoms, you know, when they're coming into the hospital, where it could be a, you know, erratic heart rate, it could be where they're passed out. Sometimes they're in a coma. I think this one student actually was in a coma for four days um, and came out of it and was okay. But that's scary. That's not something that's, you know, not a big deal whatsoever. And I think that, you know, I, I was I was on a, a call earlier today with the DEA in New England, and they were talking about um, just how many overdoses have been happening with fentanyl. And, you know, I, I certainly in no way want to, you know, create fear. But the reality is this is an unregulated substance. We have some really strong drugs that are coming in from cartels that are being laced in marijuana. They're being mm-hmm. laced, you know, and so. So there's such an increased risk um, just with all of the unknowns and the fact that, you know, any of these products can literally have any of these compounds in it. 
And so it just makes the situation even that much more risky for youth. And I think too, especially because, you know, this is a new thing. This is, you know, it's not like marijuana has been legal in New Jersey for a very long time. It's not like, you know, we've seen Delta eight for a long time. So even the prevention education, you know, the programs and things, we're just not there yet. We're trying to catch up. Um, I mean, like Bryce and Sabi, have you guys, you know, in health class, like when they do like drug prevention stuff, do you hear anything about Delta eight when they talk about that? Um, not necessarily in health classes at all, actually. It's really uh, kind of a, a subject where even the teachers don't know a lot about it and they're not being taught to educate that. And I think that's a growing issue as well is that the internet moves a lot faster than our textbooks and it, it will be like that for the rest of time. And currently we really haven't done a lot of talks about marijuana in general. And I think that's something that is a whole other greater issue, but when it comes to students and trying to, you know, figure out whether the risks and the pros of cons of doing a, a drug to, you know, look cool or whatever is worth it or not, they don't have any teacher in their life telling them not to. I, I mean, I've had prevention classes where it's come to, you know, sex ed and stuff like that. And I actually know, you know, the, the weight and the risks and options of, you know, what is good, what's bad, what, you know, what you should wait to do rather than, you know, classes about drugs and alcohol, ever since middle school, I haven't had any of those. So it's definitely something that um, I have to really think about and, you know, talk to my parents or talk to, you know, adult figures in my life that I can trust, but it's really something that in school is going to learn about at all. And it's hard if you're a kid that maybe you don't have a good relationship with your parents where you trust them to talk about things like drugs, um, or, you know, you don't have a coach that you could be like, okay, I've heard about this. What, what's the deal? Um, then you go to the internet and you type in Delta eight. And the first thing is somebody selling Delta eight. Um, you know, it's not the CDC warning. It's usually somebody selling something. Mm -hmm. So it's like, that's the first exposure to your learning is the, this is a good thing, but it's not a good thing for, if you're under 21, that's why it's not legal in New Jersey. If you're Mm -hmm. under 21. Well, and one of the biggest obstacles we're facing with prevention is going out and teaching kids starting in elementary school, what labels look like. This is not what you used to have to do with prevention because, you know, when you're buying something from somebody on a corner somewhere, you know, there's no labels, but now you have to have, kids have to look at labels to see if that nerd's robe is actually a nerd's robe. Is it Delta eight? Is it marijuana? And it is, it's really scary for young kids because when you're eight years old, 10 years old, you're not really looking at the package. You see that picture, you see those bright colors and you're thinking, oh, look, it's candy. And you're eating it without really paying attention. Mm -hmm. I think that's really one of the biggest issues here. I mean, we just got that article sent to us by a coworker that a teacher had uh, like a a rewards box that if you did well in class, you got to pick a candy from the rewards box. And some of the candy in the box was THC. 
And the only reason that another teacher found out was because the kid couldn't open the package and was like, can you open this for me? And the teacher read it and saw that it said THC on it. And then, you know, the teacher obviously got in trouble and all this stuff for having these products in their classroom, but that kid would have had no idea and would have absolutely consumed it if they weren't able to you know, if they were able to open the packaging. Um, and I think that we're going to see this so much more frequently as these products become even more readily available. I mean, like you said, Aaron, we were finding them liquor shops, convenience stores, candy shops, uh, places that were selling other products that, you know, I might want to buy my grandma a nice present for her birthday. And I accidentally buy her Delta eight candies instead. You so, know, and go oh, ahead, Dorothy. I was just, I was going to sit, I was sitting here thinking as I'm listening to this, you know, it'd be really easy to get hopeless, you know, to think, oh God, <laughs> you know, like, you know, it's doom and gloom, but I'm also sitting here with some really great articulate um, youth who um, are really, really the solution to this problem too, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, not every youth has a great relationship with their parents. And, and frankly, we also see that a lot of adults don't think that marijuana is really all that dangerous a thing, right? So we've got yeah. that, but you know, the most powerful tool I think we have is Sabine Bryce, right? It is mm-hmm. positive, positive youth um, encouragement and influence so that youth are encouraged to make the right decisions. And so, you know, Sabine and Bryce, you know, we're, we're old and gray, you know, all of us here on the panel, minus you guys, you know, it's, it's the youth that are going to listen to youth. And I think that, um, I think that's the really big takeaway, no matter what the emerging substance is going to be, is that we need to act as a force multiplier and make sure that our students are really equipped with knowledge so that they can sort of create a positive norm in their environments um, that does not condone and promote, promote the use of whatever that emerging substance is. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And as I said to Sabi when I was talking to him about coming on today's episode, Sabi and some of his classmates who have really pushed out some really great messaging to kind of um, talk about vaping and other things. I said to him, you know, you haven't heard about Delta 8 really, but this is the opportunity now for you to educate your classmates, just like you have in the past, and even educate the teachers at your school. So you're right, Dorothy, Bryce and Sabi and all of the other kids that we work with, they are the voices that we need. And that's why we really like having them on our podcast here so that we can talk with them about some of these issues that we're facing. Because really, we're having the issues facing us in the prevention world, but they're having these issues face them every single day when they're on their phones, when they're on social media, when they're in school. You know, I also have a sophomore in high school and he talks about, you know, every time I go in the bathroom, someone's vaping or someone's giving someone something. And this is an everyday reality for kids. It is an everyday, well, I shouldn't say kids, teens. I know you don't like to be called kids, but teens, it's an everyday reality. So, I mean, I will say I am happy that Delta Aid is starting to get on the radar of some of our government agencies because they're starting to say like, oh my gosh, this loophole here has happened with this Farm Bill Act of 2018 and starting to, you know, we're hearing from the CDC where they're sending out warnings and the FDA is sending out warnings. So hopefully it will become illegal, you know, and I know some states already have it illegal. So 
some states are legal, some states are illegal. And we actually kind of laughed about it at our agency about how the states where Delta 8 is illegal is in the states where marijuana is legal. So it's kind of interesting how that works. Yeah, it, it, it's been really interesting to watch that. And I think I, I speculate that the, one of the reasons why the legalized states have taken such quick action is because it cuts into the legal bit, right? Like the legal- right. All um, about girl, money. That's, it's all about money, yeah. And in the states where there is no um, legal recreational or, or uh, medical marijuana, it is almost creating a um, fertile ground when there is legalization that the CBD sellers are, already have a market base for Delta 8. So they're really promoting it because when they do, you know, it, when marijuana does either hit marrow, uh, legalization for recreational or medical use, they've already got an established consumer base. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it, is, it is something that is here to stay though, I think no matter what, because Delta 8 or Delta 9 um, you know, public opinion on marijuana is, you know, is really for the most part in favor of having, you know, legal use. So mm -hmm. these products are going to be here to stay no matter what kind of regulation comes. Um, there's always going to be some sort of access to THC at this point. I agree. Mm -hmm. I know. And we were, when we were also doing some of our scans around one of the things that was probably the hardest Thing for us to see was right on a busy downtown, you know, one of our cute towns here in Hunterdon County, right on the sidewalk where everybody's walking is one of those, you know, chalkboard sandwich boards, you know, and it says, want to get high, um, try Delta eight. So people know it's to get high. People know that it's to get high. And so for Bryce and Sabi, you know, having heard all of this, um, I know that you kind of came into the conversation. And you're like, I don't really know much about Delta eight, which I say is a good thing. Um, what do you guys think? Like, do you think that you're going to be seeing this in school soon? Do you, you know, what are your kind of uh, opinions on this? Um, yeah. So as I was Googling Delta eight to prepare for today, um, I saw it, like, as Aaron said, that it was weed light. And I was like, oh, okay, so that means it must not be as bad as weed. And the more I Googled it, the more I saw like websites promoting it. And I was like, mm, I don't think it's possible that Paige and Aaron have me on a podcast to promote weed. So then um, the more I looked into it, I saw that it wasn't um, anything good at all. And I'm really glad that Dorothy is here to tell us about how bad it is. And, um, you know, with Halloween coming up, I'm hoping that little kids don't get some Delta 8 in their like trigger tree baskets because that would be unfortunate. And I'm sure um, it's going to be more like widespread in school and stuff. Mm -hmm. What about you, Bryce? What do you think? I think um, the simplicity of uh, the nature surrounding Delta 8 and how there's uh, so much uh, of a, you know uncertain feeling surrounding Delta 8 in relation to marijuana. I think there will be uh, a significant increase in uh, usage of it, at least um, accidental and you know purposeful usage of delta eight uh, at least in the next you know couple months maybe a year or so but that's not to say that there won't be any resistance from prevention you know coalitions you know such as prevention resources or uh you know adults and teachers and i, I feel like there will definitely be a, a lot more education to come out about it. and i know there's a, a ton of you know government funded advertisements that come out uh, every year surrounding um you know things such as you know nicotine last year and the year before that that um really promote 
uh, prevention against this type of stuff. So I definitely think there'll be more, um, something more heavy surrounding that. But uh, in the meantime, it's definitely something that, you know, I got to tell my friends and all my friends got to tell all their friends about to make sure we avoid this kind of thing because it's definitely something scary. And and the fact that I've even come across it now uh, shows that it's definitely on the rise. Mm -hmm. It really is. And you know, one thing that's been really great is whether we continue to get some funding, New Jersey has just given funding to each of the counties for us to be able to do marijuana education. And we're going to be putting Delta 8 in with that education since it is that weed light. So it's, it's coming out to the schools and to communities and to parents um, everywhere now, you know, we're really going to be working on uh, getting all that information out to everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, and that just really does underscore the importance of community-based coalitions, doesn't it? It's yeah. uh, we need we need to engage our our youth and our parents and our schools and our law enforcement and our businesses. Um, you know, the other thing that I'll just say is, you know, again, you guys are experts in public health and understanding how to work on policy. And you know, another thing that communities can do is look at limiting outlet density, right? Looking mm-hmm. at at passing ordinances to restricting, you know, where it's sold and how it's sold and when it's sold. And so Aaron, I love that you guys did the environmental scan. Now you, you're equipped with some information that you can take to your local city or county, county councils and, you know, talk about just um, how available it is and, you know, promote um, and advocate for policies that are going to limit the access to. Uh, Absolutely. And actually, one of the things that was the first thought that we had when we did the scans and we saw that sandwich board on that busy um, street was talking to the municipalities about not allowing that exterior advertising about it because you're advertising to get high right there. I mean, when you walk past the liquor store, you know, it's, there's not signs that say, want to get drunk, come on inside. Right. (laughs) So, you know, that was the first thing we saw when we saw that board that we really need to talk about getting an ordinance where they can't use those boards to advertise like that, because it really then is normalizing it more for the Bryce and Sabies who are walking by with their groups of friends. You know, it really does normalize that. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, a podcast like this is so important. So I thank you so much, Dorothy, from coming on because you really have to start with the education to understand what you're, what, what even is this? And then from there, you, parents have to talk to parents. They have to talk to their PTAs. They have to talk to the principals and the superintendents, and then they have to talk to the teachers. And then we have to go to, you know, our local businesses and our local municipalities and our local government leaders and say, like, we want to protect our kids. At the end of the day, we want to protect our kids, our youth, our teens. Um, And so how are we going to do that? Um, And really the best way to do that is by working with our youth. And that's why thank you so much, Bryce and Sabi, for coming on and just giving us your perspective on this issue, Um, because we can't you know, stop something for happening for you. Um, you guys have to be a part of this collaborative effort. Um, and so thank you all so much for coming on. And of course, for our listeners, um, for more information and resources, please visit our website at njprevent.com forward slash positive youth. And we want to thank you for listening in. We'll see you next time for more youth positively speaking.